The reading today can be found on page 27 of the New Testament um, part of your church Bibles. Um, I'm reading Matthew, chapter 25, verses 14 to 30. For it is as if a man, going on a journey, summoned his slaves and entrusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. The one who had received the five talents went off at once and traded with them and made five more talents. In the same way, the one who had the two talents made two more talents. But the one who had received the one talent went off and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those slaves came and settled accounts with them. Then the one who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five more talents, saying, Master, you handed over to me five talents. See, I have made five more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enjoy, enter into the joy of your master. And the one with the two talents also came forward, saying, Master, you handed over to me two talents. See, I have made two more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Then the one who had received the one talent also came forward, saying, Master, I knew that you were a harsh man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you did not scatter seed. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master replied, You wicked and lazy slave. You knew, did you, that I reap where I did not sow? and gather where I did not scatter, then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and on my return I would have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent, to, so take the talent from him and give it to the one with the ten talents. For to all those who have, more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken away. And as for this worthless slave... Throw him into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This is the word of the Lord. Brilliant. Let's pray together. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, for the words of the Lord Jesus, we give you thanks. For the Bibles in front of us, in our hands, we give you thanks. And for your spirit here amongst us, we give you thanks. And we pray that he would be our teacher and he would meet with us and change us. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you have one of those songs that when you think of it, or the time you heard it, it conjures up all sorts of memories and ideas? A song that you heard, a time where you heard it. For me, one of my songs that immediately I think of it, I hear it, it takes me back somewhere, is Mumford and Sons, Awake My Soul. It was 2012. I was at the Apollo in London with my friend James, and we were seeing and hearing, if you know the band, the great Mumford and Sons. And one of their songs in particular has always struck a chord with me. Where you invest your love, you invest your life. 
That's what they sing on their banjos and different instruments. Where you invest your love, you invest your life. And before they say that, before they sing that, they say these quite sobering words, in this body we will live and in this body we will die. Where you invest your love, you invest your life. And then the song goes on in the chorus to say, Awake, my soul. You were made to meet your maker. Where you invest your love, you invest your life. Now, the reading of Jesus today is quite peculiar. I wonder which bits of it shocked you, surprised you, made you uncomfortable. Is Jesus saying he's a capitalist banker? Invest and you'll get it back. Is he saying that? What does it mean for the third servant and the the drastic words at the end for him? But Jesus is saying where you invest your love, where you invest your faith, where you invest your hope, where you invest your talents and your time, your energy, your money, your resources, where you invest that, that is where your life is. And Jesus, just as Mumford and Sons 2,000 years later, is pretty sure that there is a day coming when we will meet our maker. In fact, Jesus in Matthew 24, 25, he's talking about what it will be like for Jesus' people to wait for him to return. And I've always struggled with what it means to wait for Jesus' return, but this parable helps us see it's not a passive waiting. We're not just sort of twiddling our thumbs waiting for the bus like I was in Hathersage this week, an hour late. It's not passive. It's not like we can't do anything about it. There's things for us to do. And in this parable of Jesus, we will see what we're told to do. And like with Jesus' parables, so often they're about the things of the earth, aren't they? The soil, the ground, the mustard seed. Well, this one, wonderfully, is about finance and investing and money and work. It's brilliant that Jesus gives great dignity as the maker of all things to the things that we spend most of our time doing, our work, our life. And so three aspects to the story today to sort of pull out and help us think what it means for us. Firstly, the generous giver. Secondly, of course, the positive response. And then finally, the the negative response. And the generous giver, if we begin there, if you've got your Bibles, want to look at it, page 27 in the New Testament, the generous giver, I never realized this, he gives five talents, he gives two talents, he gives one talent. A talent, you might see the footnote at the bottom, there's debate about how many years of wages this would have been. In your Bibles, you'll see that it says a talent was worth more than 15 years' wages of a laborer. There's debate. Is it 20 years? Now think, those of you who are working, think what your salary is. Those of you enjoying not working, think of what your salary once was. And then think of 20 years of that salary. And think of someone just saying, here you go, there's 20 years worth. Or not 20 years worth if you didn't get one talent. If you got two talents, you'd have got, I estimated, doing my maths, one million and 80,000. That's the equivalent, because apparently the average wage people in the UK earn today is 27,000. So imagine if a master just gave that sort of money out. Or the five talents, if you do the sums, it's over two and a half million pounds. In other words, we've got a master who gives and gives and gives so generously, it's sort of scandalous, it's reckless, it's ridiculous. What master would entrust to his slaves that sort of money? But that's what this master does. So I want you to think for a minute about everything you've been given in life. The Christian story is very clear that everything that we are, everything that we have, has been given by God. So just think about that for a moment. All that you have, all that you are, given by God. 
That, in a sense, is your talent. Now, we might be uncomfortable, understandably, with the language of slave in this story. I don't think we're meant to take everything literally. In the bit just before, Jesus said he will come back like a thief in the night. But I don't think Jesus is saying being a thief is a good thing. He's just making a comparison. So the language of slavery here, I don't think he's meant to be an endorsement of slavery. It's a parable. It's a story. And so Jesus says our life is all given by God. Everything that we are, everything that we have. And so the question this morning is this, what are you doing with what you've been given? What are you doing with what you've been so generously given in life? We might think about our talent as the money, literally in the story, that's what it is. We might think about the talent and what we've been given as the treasure of the good news of Jesus. Do you remember that other story Jesus told about the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure buried in a field? And then they find it and they sell everything to have it. We might think about the talent that God gives us as the image of God within us. We each uniquely bear God's likeness. But we might, as I've said, think about our time, our talents, our resources, our gifts, our opportunities. This is what God has given to us. And so the question is, what are we doing with what we've been given? And I think it's encouraging because this story tells us to be faithful with it. It's not asking us to do more than we can. It's not asking us to wish we had what that person had. Do you know that feeling? If only I had those things. If only I had been given those gifts and those talents that person had. We're told to be faithful with what we have and what we've been given. And so what would that look like for you? We're told not to fear failure. Some of us are risk-averse. Some of us charge into risk. But we're given the talents we've been given by God to use, to invest in, to make much of. What would that look like for you? And it's encouraging as well, we're not called, some of us are real activists, we just want to go, go, go and do things. We're not called in this parable to frenzied activity, but to faithfulness. And so what would faithfulness look like in your work? To steward the good things that God has given you, your gifts, your skills, your place in that place of work. What would it look like with your finances? Today is the end of our stewardship campaign. And it's a great opportunity, if you haven't, to think, what, what could I give of the money that God has given to me? What about in our family lives? For those of us who are young parents, the tiring, exhausting, but wonderfully rewarding role of caring day in, day out for those little ones. Those of you who are grandparents, exhausted by splitting yourself between grandparents, here, grandkids here and there, and trying to get on with the other things you want to do, and maybe still some work. How can you invest in them? What would it mean for you to be faithful with what God has given you right under your nose in your own home? And what would, it be faithful, what would it be like to be faithful with the gospel, with the good news of Jesus, with this treasure that is beyond price? I hope you're worrying with ideas about Christmas and who are those three people you might like to pray for? To invite a neighbour, a friend, a colleague. Who are those three people you'd love to pray for each day? and then to invite on Alpha in the new year. What would it look like for us to be faithful with what we've been given? And in the story, of course, the rewards, did you spot it? The rewards for the first two servants are identical. We might think, why did they get different amounts? We're not told. One gets five, one gets two, one gets one. But the reward for the first two servants is exactly the same. Did you hear what happens? 
Have a listen. Verse 21, verse 23. The master says to the first servant, the first slave, well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. And then again, the second slave gets the same verdict. Well done, verse 23. Good and trustworthy slave, you've been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. They might have been given different amounts at the end, but those first two who were faithful with what they were given received the same reward. And the ultimate reward isn't just more responsibility and more work in the kingdom of heaven to come. It's the joy of God. Think about a master-slave relationship. The slave is meant to work for the master's happiness, aren't they? Everything they do is meant to be so that the master is happy. If they do their job, the master is just meant to say, well, that's what you're meant to do. You're meant to do your job. But this master doesn't only give ridiculously generously at the beginning. By the end... He gives his happiness. He lets the slaves, the servants, share in his own happiness. That's the destiny for Christians. To share, can you believe that, in the happiness and joy of God himself. That's where we're going. And so as we wait, as we live, where are you investing your life? Where are you investing your time? Where are you investing your money? Where are you investing your resources and your skills, your opportunities? And how can you do that faithfully? The final slave, of course, is a different ending to the story. And it's as though Jesus lingers here for longer. We hear more about the final slave than the first two. There's a day of reckoning for the first slave. There's a day of reckoning, auditing what you've done with what you've been given. And of course, there's one for the third slave. And this is what the third slave says. Master, I knew that you were a harsh man, reaping where you did not sow, gathering where you did not scatter seed. So I was afraid. And I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have, here have what is yours. What are we meant to make of that? This slave recognizes that everything that he's been given is the master's. Here, have what is yours. But it seems his fear of the master, his understanding of the master was so warped that he thought he'd bury his treasure, his talent in the ground. Maybe it's one of the original examples of someone burying their head in the sand. It's a warning, it's a challenge to us. I've I've been really sort of startled by this this week. We can take everything that God gives us and just sort of bury it. Not invest it properly, not use it, not be faithful stewards with what we've been given. And Jesus says, don't be like that. Don't be like that person who wastes all that they've been given. It's God's money. It's God's talent. It's God's gift. And he will ask each of us at the end of our life, what have we done with what we've been given? And he encourages and urges us to not be like this last one, who, if I can put it like this, there's poetic justice. He puts in the ground in the darkness of the earth, what God has given him. And tragically, he is himself taken to a place of darkness. What happened to his gifts ultimately happens to him. And it's uncomfortable. 
It's shocking. I think Jesus' first listeners probably were thinking, this is probably about us. Are we hiding our life under a bushel? Are we hiding what God has given us? Are we burying it in the ground, not using it, not investing it? And so there's a challenge there for us to not be like this. And actually, if, if there's in some way a fear of God, I remember before I was a Christian, I think I was literally scared of God. I'd walk past in the winter or go on the motorway in the winter and see trees like we see around us now that are basically dead, no life to them, and think, that's a bit like me. And there is a day, as Mumford and Sons say, when we will meet our maker. And so let me encourage you, like the famous hymn says, Amazing Grace, it was grace that taught my heart to fear. And think about your life. Think about what you've been given. Think about how you can use it for God and for the good of others. In this body we will live. In this body we will die. Where you invest your love, your gifts, your money, your education, your opportunities, your time, there you invest your life. Awake, my soul. You were made to meet your maker. And as we think about this story, as we think about Jesus saying this story, he is minutes, moments, days away from going to his own death. He is the one who was rich beyond all compare. He was the one who had everything that was God's given to him. And he was the one who was buried in the ground in the darkness of death and hell. For me and for you. He was the one who is the ultimate good and faithful steward and servant of all that God has given to him. And he's the one who lost it all, who gave it all up for us, that we would find God and find our life in him and then live for him. So as I close, let me finish with the question to take home with you. What are you doing? What am I doing? What are we doing with the gifts that God has so generously given to us? Let's pray. A moment in the quiet to think where God's been speaking to us. What is it that he would like us to do with what he's given? God, you are so generous and so amazingly kind to give us so much. Help us to know what it means to be good and faithful stewards of what you've given to us. In Jesus' name, amen.